Welcome to a track with a view podcast, the only unofficial podcast covering that of the longest running speedway team in the sport in the world famous 13 time league champions, the Bellevue Aces, as well as the national side, the Bellevue Colts. All views expressed here are none of the club and is mostly by people who should know better. With all that said, welcome to a brand new season, as we can get onto it now, of league racing for your Bellevue Colts, with the Peter Craven Memorial Trophy meeting being washed out. Uh, it's seen that since being rescheduled for Monday the 3rd of April, still at the same time of 7.30, more likely 7.45, but nonetheless, that's when it has been rescheduled. So, this Monday night sees the Bellevue Aces taking on our friends from over the hills in the Sheffield Tigers. Uh, the sides did meet on Thursday night over Owlerton, to which we will uh, come on to later on in the show. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but we will take a little look at this precise moment in time at the AC side for 2023. So, looking down the lineup, we'll go from a reserve upwards because I think that's probably the best way to do it. So, riding at number seven, and a newcomer to the Aces, but not so much to Bellevue as a whole, and that is the new rising star in Jake Mulford. Uh, Mulford does know how to get around this track, seeing as he rode pretty much half the season last year for the Colts uh, down in the National League and rolled pretty damn well uh, it has to be said he was one of the the, the standouts besides Jack Smith um, and almost caught Jack Smith's average uh, had he ridden a couple more meetings but um, I think last year he was still doing grass track or something along the lines of that so a couple of times you'd have to miss meetings um, but either way uh, Mulford is your number seven following in the footsteps of Tom Brennan who hasn't done too bad I think it's fair to say having come through the Rising Star program but then he'll also come through riders that have ridden both for the Colts and progressed into the Aces side as looking as I have at some of my stats. Um, so you've had uh, obviously Dan Bewley being the, the last rider to come through both the Colts and into the Aces side uh, as that was under the SGB Youth Development Scheme as it was then. Uh, one of these schemes that the the British Speedway seems to adopt now and then. Um, 
but then you also had Charles Wright who rode for the who rode for the Colts. Um, I'm trying to remember when he rode for the Colts. It could have been 2010, maybe, um, as a guest. But he definitely rode sort of like in his very early career as a like a second half cult. Um, but I think when he was when his brother was with the Aces or close to it, uh, other notable riders to have done the cults to Aces link has been Joe Screen, who went on to bigger and better things. As well as Carl Stonewer, who, as you know, Screen and Stonewer were the two riders that helped the Aces to their league title in 1993. And then you had Brennan being the last rider to try and help the, the Aces win the title last year. So, but I'm just going to you. There we go. But obviously, um, he will probably take a couple months to hit the ground running, hopefully. Because um, the league does seem more competitive than it has in recent times. Well, given the, the addition now of some of the big-name riders. Um, so with that, it will probably take Mulford a, a while to kick in, but one thing that he will have on his side is the home support as Bellevue have always been known to give youngsters a, a fair crack um, obviously Brennan, Bewley uh, Smith and other riders that have come through the, the ranks and number 6 is the former world under 21 champion in 2001 and that is Australian Jamin Lidsey as he comes in on a 5.16 average um, rode pretty well on the continent a bit for Vastovics and Lesno in the Swedish and the Polish leagues um, he is one of the riders I have a concern over in the side. Um, so when he rode in 2019 for the Aces, at home he was a solid number two. Um, I think he did go down to reserve and rode better, uh, but he was more than a, he was too good to be a reserve. Um, However, when he rode away from the National Speedway Stadium, uh, he w he wasn't pulling up any trees, I think it, it would be fair to say. Um, however, given that, a few years have passed since then, uh, so time will tell to see if riding on bigger tracks um, has helped um, his cars in riding on like the smaller circuits over here. I was saying that some Swedish tracks are are small themselves. 
Um, but I think the test will be when he comes up at like Wolverhampton and uh, Leicester and a few a few other Ipswich, obviously being another one. Um, so the only concern I've got for Lidsey is he's away form. You know, t- touch wood. Um, at home, he will kick on like he did when he was riding for the Aces back in 2019. Moving to the number five position, and it's his captain Brady Kurtz coming in on an 8.24 average. Uh, 2022, arguably his best year in league racing. Um, <coughs> led from the front. Led from the front in the playoffs for Bellevue, especially the second leg in, in uh, Sheffield. With his... Um, I think he definitely shown he wanted it more than any 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 other time during the season um not that he wasn't trying during the season or not trying during the season i should say um but i think when the playoffs came he just kind of like moved up a couple of notches sort of like on performance wise um but i think a, a couple of others did during the playoffs as well um but with his kind of gutsy risky borderline um, ruthlessness I suppose we could say and it is why he is such a popular figure on the terraces um, for Aces fans Um, you can never question his commitment and I think the last couple of years he's really come on leaps and bounds Uh, I think his first year he was just getting his feet under the the table, so to speak. Um, but then last year, his season, I I don't think anyone could fault him. To which I said numerous times last year. I think twenty twenty one, I I think most of the time I probably gave him grief because I knew he was a much better rider than he was showing. Um, and then twenty twenty two. He pretty much just summed up what I what I thought he was, which was a really good rider, um, a terrific rider on on when the occasion needed it. Um, so of course, having Kurtz back is a huge bonus for Mark Lemon's side. Moving to number four, and we have Tom Brennan on a four point. 4.0 average um, a rider who has grown and grown every season um, 2021 saw him I think I've said this numerous times he wasn't scoring the points that his performances deserved he battled and fought in every race and would either just get pipped or his bikes just didn't seem to want to go that quick Um, however the playoffs for 2001 
was when he really kind of became like a late bloomer, so to speak. Um, the semi-final against Sheffield, um, the move he made, I think it was on Howarth, um, almost seemed to be like a bit of a turning point for Brennan. Because from then on, he just took off really from that point. Uh, and was only one of two riders that had well, saved face really in that second leg against Peterborough. Uh, then weeks after he was part of the GB side that won the Speedway of Nations on that famous October night in Bellevue uh, 2022 saw him pretty much carry on his upward curve um, and the former British under 21 champion since then has been a very solid performer um, one could argue he he should be doing better if you wanted to be very nitpickety. Um, but if Brennan keeps riding like he does, he has a very bright future. I mean, he's he's still a young lad at heart, um, so it's it's not like he's pushing like the the late twenties or or anything like that. He's still got a long career, touch wood. Um, and of course, he was part of the duo that clinched the league title for Bellevue last season when him and Norik Bloodorn um, team rode in top points to give Bellevue the league title. So he'll always be a, a memorable part of... Uh, Aces folklore. Moving to number three, and we have Charles Wright. Um, six point two six average. The the new daddy cool of the side, um, as he became a father before the turn of the year. Nineteenth uh, year of racing, which kind of frazzles my brain that he's been riding that long because it doesn't seem it um, uh, but that said he's ridden quite a, mostly in the, the championship with Redcar being his uh, his home away from home um, right he upped his average which he, he seems to do almost every year um, but it just kind of goes unnoticed um, but that said um, Charlie Boy has always been a, a very solid rider for, for, for Bellevue in the past sometimes he can go out and get you vital points or one thing that he is extremely good at I feel at least is complimenting whoever he rides with uh, so if you look in the past he's rode with uh, Brennan when it's been kind of like the reserve and the, the number four spot um, him and Matty Zagar were a formidable pairing at home last year um, I'd love to I, well I should have I should have looked to have seen how many five ones they, they picked up between them last year um, 
mainly because together they it was almost Zegar seemed to always know that Ryter would have his back and Wright would always know that Zegar would do his job and they really complemented well each other and they got so many heat advantages together at home uh, and especially sometimes away as well um, that pairing I always feel was an underrated pairing um, but that might just be me um, but then he also had his brief time with Brady Kurtz as Kurtz Kurtz and Wright I think took a couple of weeks to, to get going as a pair um, but when they did they were equally on fire as Zegar and Wright was um, so always good to have a righty back as he um, well I've got him down at number three but obviously um, things have changed since I've written this script so uh, Litty is at number three uh, Charles Wright is at number four Tom Brennan is at number six yeah uh, moving to number two and as I like to refer to him as Das Wunderkind as German rider Norik Bloodhorn or the German champion as he is uh, I've got him at 5.45 average all these averages may have changed since the time of writing as this has been a, uh, a couple weeks delayed in trying to put this particular show together um, but Norik, much like uh, Brennan really in 2021 um, he would put in so much effort to pick up points and had this knack of kind of winning the first race or doing well in his first and then trailed off a bit um, but as the season went on he kind of picked up more he just chipped away and got more points over the course of the, the meetings and his performance in the semi-finals down at Ipswich um, that could almost be where his British career kind of like changes um, much like Brennan away at Sheffield um, in 2021 uh, Blood On just really seemed to find a, a new gear so to speak to go up in um, so having him at number two partnering who we'll come to in a minute uh, will be I think it'll be good for him because uh, he can almost chase the back wheel of uh, his his partner or even so could have him uh, team riding well but um, we'll, we'll wait and see on that um, but yeah as I say uh, Norik will has become a I don't want to say a cult hero he has become a popular figure amongst Bellevue fans uh, one because he's Seems to be the only rider I know that can ride and get more drive on the inside than any other rider I've ever come across at the National Speedway Stadium. 
Most riders tend to just ride the outside line, generate speed. Norik seems to get far more speed on the inside than the outside, which is bizarre to me. But then again, <laughs> many things are bizarre to me. And he is joined at number one by the returning Dan Bewley. Master Bewley, as some have said. Um, not many, to be fair. I've probably just made that up. Uh, but he comes in, allegedly, on a 8.91 average. Uh, the 2022 British champion, finally. It took him a while to try and get over that hump and win the British title. Having been thwarted a few times in the past. Um, but last year seemed to... Personally, for him, was his definitely his best year uh, in riding. Uh, given that he won the British title, he won Cardiff as well as Vaclo, uh, to which I think he does ride for Vaclo in the Polish league. I'm not fully sure on that because I don't really follow the the other leagues like some people. Um, he also won the Golden Helmet at Padovici. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair to say he had a damn good year. Um, this is his second spell with the Aces, with his previous spell being between 2018 and 2021, to which he was a member of the Knockout Cup winners. Um, back in, I think it was 2018, if I'm, or 2017, I can't remember. Um, probably t 2018. My, my memory is not that good. Um, but yeah, having, uh, someone that's as close to a number one as you can really get, uh, in modern times is always a huge help. Um, but saying that he's still a young rider... Still has a lot to uh, learn because I don't think you ever really stop learning in uh, in Speedway, and especially listening to some riders in the, the past, um, some well-known riders, they will say the same thing of you never, you you always learn as you go on, uh, and for Bewley, that's definitely going to be more of a case as he's only going to improve and get better, which is a, a scary thought for, for many. Um, but that is your 2023 Bellevue Aces side. And the opposing side on the other side of the pits is the Sheffield Tigers, with the side being... That of Jack Holder, who is one of the few riders that actually worries me because he does very well at the National Speedway Stadium. Has had a couple of iffy meetings. Uh, Adam Ellis, who I think it's fair to say has a uh, mixed... Uh, how can I put it? Relationship with... Aces fans, um, 
almost like a panto villain between Ellis and the the South Stand. Uh, Tobias Musiak, who I think is underrated, personally. Um, always been a rider to me that's rode very well in this country. Um, but I don't think he ever gets the the, the credit he, he really deserves, personally. Uh, he never gets spoken about massively as, say, like a, a holder or um, like a, a Bewley or to, to name two at least. Um, or like other sort of like foreign riders that come over. Um, but he's always been a, a decent rider in the, the UK, especially during his time with Swindon. Um, so, yeah, so having him at uh, number five is always a an interesting, well, hand, I suppose. Um, plus with him in holder, that's that's a very devastating duo if they if they catch fire together. Uh, you then have David Belago, the Frenchman, another former Swindon rider. Seems Sheffield just seems to sign Swindon riders. Uh, another rider who, on his day, can beat anyone, um, but another rider, when not on his day, can have an absolute mare. Um, having seen that a few times at Bellevue in the past. Um, but he always seems to go well during like the Speedway of Nations for France. Um, so, how he does... You can never guess with Belago, I feel. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how he goes. Pro he will probably score a, a, a decent load. Um, but then, comparing this Tiger side to last year... He then comes in for Justin Sedgman, who, without being, uh, without putting Sedgman down, Belago, I feel is a is an upgrade on him personally, and uh, just due to the fact that he has ridden in the the top flight and has more experience and done more um, in the top league than, say, Sedgman. Um, so that improves the Sheffield side immediately for me. Then you have Kyle Howarth, who local lad from Droylston. Um He's another one where on his day he can be a real pain in the backside. Um, I just feel sometimes he doesn't do it consistently. To which, I mean, he may feel the same... In, at least in the top flight at least um, where he'll go on like runs and then have a dip um, but again he's almost like a right for, for Bellevue he is solid enough and when needed upon he can go out and just chalk up a victory now and then um, reserves is an interesting one personally. Um, you have Lewis Kerr, who got pushed out of Kings Lynn and joined Sheffield and had a 
decent back end to the season for for Sheffield. Obviously, because one, he came back, uh, and having him down at reserve, especially with his kind of experience, is always going to be a huge help for the Tigers. And having their new rising star rider in Dan Jilks, um, who I really rate Jilks, having watched him for, God, it seems like forever, um, especially having watched him come through the the British Youth Championship scheme, uh, to which I've been to almost every but one. Uh, Jilks is always in the final, and he's always seems to finish within the top two um, but with Kerr and Jilks they if Jilks catches fire then Sheffield will have a really really kind of like potent reserve pairing um, I think it may take Jilks a couple of, of, of months much like I feel like Mulford because I think they're kind of almost in the same mould um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Jilks performs personally um, but as I said at the top of the show the sides did meet this past Thursday night uh, in what was described to me as tricky conditions um, being that I think there'd been some rain around the Sheffield area but then again we are in March and isn't particularly really speedway weather at the moment um, but it seemed a case of gating being key um, so looking at the the brief highlights I've outlined uh, the opening race of the season saw Bligo and Holden getting out on a 5-1 to put the Tigers ahead. Uh, Brennan and Mulford then pulled off a 4-2 in the reserves race to cut the deficit down. Uh, heat 4 saw Bewley and Bloodon picking up a 5-1 in heat number 4. Uh, Sheffield then increased their lead, or at least put them back in front because um, I've not put the scores just let me pull up the results there we go so um, with Bewley and Blodon getting a 5-1 in heat number 5 not heat number 4 as my notes tell me bad Peter um, so that gave Bellevue a 16-14 to lead Holder and Belago then picked up a 4-2 in the following race to make it 18-all. Um, that would pretty much stay the same until heat number 8 when Mulford and Bloodon picked up a 4-2 to put the Aces back ahead at 25-23. And then it kind of saw Bellevue being Bellevue from 2021 as from Heat 9 to 11 um, the Sheffield Tigers then 
got their claws into the Aces and went on a 14-4 winning streak uh, only to have Kurtz and Lidsey take a 5-1 in heat number 12 to cut the deficit down to a 4-point score at 38-34. Heat 13 and 14 saw the Tigers taking a 4-2 advantage in both. Practically, well not practically, it did give them the victory. Um, so heading into Heat 15, it saw the Tigers leading 46 to 38. Heat 15 then saw mild controversy. Um, I know a couple have kicked off about it. Um, so uh, Brady Kurtz won the race. Buley and Musiak were fighting for second place. Um, Musiak got the nod ahead of Buley, despite many saying that Buley had actually got there ahead of him. Um, so a 4-2 was given instead of a 5-1 to make it a 48-42 victory, with Bellevue now knowing that they have to win by more than six points to take the overall aggregate bonus, to which this season the sport has gone back to how it used to be. So the losing bonus points are completely gone. And now it's purely based on that picking up points solely from that particular uh, meeting you're in. Um, that said, so running down the uh, scoring charts, for the Sheffield Tigers, Jack Holder finished on 9-1, and one, David Belago on 7 Adam Ellis, 5-2. Kyle Howarth, 6. Tobias Musiak, top scoring with 12-1. Lewis Kerr with 8. And Dan Jilks, 1-1. One one. For the Aces, it saw Dan Bewley scoring 7. Norik Bladon scoring a 4-1. Jamin Lidsey, 4-1. Charles Wright, 8-1. Brady Kurtz, 12 and top scorer. Tom Brennan finished with 3. And Jake Mulford finished with 4. One of the controversies I've seen uh, has been the fact that every track is supposed to have um, this technology put in to help the referees to determine who's kind of won races if it's been a very close one um, Sheffield are one of those sides to not have the technology set up which has led a couple of people to be vocal as to why they don't have it set up um, one 
I say argument, one post I've seen was that it hadn't arrived yet, despite some clubs having it. Um, and I've seen kind of like one particular person, um, Bellevue-wise, saying that it could cost them the bonus points uh, and possibly more in the standings come to the end of the season. Um, but don't you just love a bit of drama at the start of the year to get you going? It makes you feel very much like Speedway's pack. Um, and especially as something within the sport uh, that you feel would have been sorted by now hasn't. So, welcome back to British Speedway, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, the head-to-head between the sides in league and playoffs, um, f- including Thursdays, 13 matches have been ridden. Bellevue have won seven of them. Sheffield are on six. Sheffield have only won once at the National Speedway Stadium, and that came back last season, back in the Premiership Cup, which I think has now been rebranded again to the Knockout Cup. Um, so it's uh, always nice to have a, a rivalry starting. Um, makes a change for it to be a local one and having a, a fake local derby against Wolverhampton. Um, plus, we do have the added side this year, uh, going off on a slight tangent here, of the Leicester, Ty- uh, sorry, Leicester Lions. Sorry, We just need a bear, and then we've got Lion, Tiger, Bear. But um, I digress. Um, so we now have... Leicester Lions back in the league with Max Frick making the move to the Lions um, having Bellevue bringing in Bewley Um, so it will be nice to see uh, Maximus back but I think he'll be back probably next Monday anyway for the Craven Um, to its Craven meeting um, we'll have two riders omitted from that uh, particular uh, trophy final meeting. Don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, the Peter Graham Memorial Trophy meeting. So there will be no Michael Palm Toft to defend his title, and there will be no Christoph Kaspersak either, as the Kingsland Stars face the Wolverhampton Wolves on the same evening over at Monmore um, so how they're going to uh, fill in the two remaining spots is anyone's guess but we will come to that bridge next week when we will probably know more um, but yes that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it really for this week um, I was hoping to have a a friend help you on this episode, uh, but things have worked against us. That said, he has promised to join sometime over the course of the, the year, and I may have another friend join us as well. 
for now. Thank you very much for taking the time out to listen to this drivel of a podcast. Uh, I may see some of you there on Monday night. I probably won't, um, but I may. But hopefully the the weather stays fine, uh, and fingers crossed the Aces can pick up their first win of the season. Um, but other than that, uh, again, thank you very much for uh, listening to my my drivel. Um, as well as that, I have the uh, the blog currently ongoing, so I need to do some more features really on that on that page, um, mainly because it just looks a. Uh, just to make it look a bit more, you know, professional, which it isn't, but, um, anyhow. So, if you, uh, you want to read anything about the, the Aces, whether you're interested on in reading some flashback meetings that I've wrote in the past, uh, you can catch that on a track with a view.wordpress.com, or you can send a message and please try not to be abusive I, I I try not to be a as much of a so-and-so as possible uh, but that's on Twitter at ATWAV1928 and I was going to say the podcast but obviously you're listening to it so you know pretty much where to get it um that's it for me thank you very much for taking the time to listen and we will see you either at the national speedway stadium or we will reconvene here next week